Welcome to this episode of ClearedCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello and welcome. I am Jill Hamilton, editor at Clearance Jobs. Thanks for joining us today as we chat with Muriel Cisneros. Muriel is a systems engineer manager at Northrop Grumman. Muriel, I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Thank you for having me. Can you just describe your role with Northrop Grumman? Like what made you stay with them and build a career there? Sure. So as a system engineering manager, my job is really to take care of of the people side of things, as well as I also have a technical job. As a manager, my job is to be responsible for leading the the team, for making sure that we have the, the right tools, the right process, the right training. I also handle all sorts of things ranging from, you know, approving time cards to helping somebody find their the next step in their career. That's really what I do within the functional management side of things. And then apart from being a functional manager, I'm also a, a technical leader within modeling and simulation. Within modeling and simulation, I actually work for the strategy and business development organization, where I'm currently working on something called the Joint All-Domain Command and Control, JADC2. And this is a really top-level mission where we're trying to understand how we connect sensors, shooters, and gather all of that information as quickly as possible to complete the kill chain. So I'm talking about from the first time that any sensor sees a target to the time that we actually shoot it down, that entire kill chain, how long does that take? What does a battle manager need to know? How quickly can we get the information to the person that actually needs it? very complex set of missions. I'm the systems architect lead, which means that it's my job to understand pretty much everything that's happening within that entire kill chain. And then I help communicate that to my software development team. As the simulation lead for this team, it's my job to help develop the the software simulation and guide the team that's actually creating the, the video game-like simulation that will then be used for analysis, which we then help our military stakeholders understand how long these kill chains are are taking and how we can improve our military men and women's actions in, in the battlefield. How did you actually get into modeling and simulation? Like what pulled you into that? that area of of study? So I have a bachelor's in electrical engineering from Cal State Long Beach. Initially, I thought I was going to be an electrical designer. I studied power systems primarily, and I figured, okay, well, you know, I really love building harnesses. I'm going to be an electrical harness designer forever and ever. (laughs) And, uh, you know, this is really, truly what makes my heart sore until I actually became an electrical harness designer. And uh, I did that for about two years before I got really bored. (laughs) And then I decided, of course, whenever I tell people this, you know, they kind of question my sanity a little bit, but I, I went to UC San Diego, and I got a master's degree in systems architecture. And I will tell you that the very first day that I walked into that classroom, they said, okay, we're going to be studying architecture. What is architecture? I had no idea what it was or what I was getting myself into, but I figured, you know, systems engineering really covers the entire program, right? So there was something to learn within systems engineering. And what I really liked about that program, it was that it was a full-time one-year program. And I did this while working full-time on a program at Northrop Grumman. 
where I was also working an extended work week. So apart from working full-time, I was actually working overtime on this program, big program. I had a two-month-old baby girl at the same time. Oh my goodness. And I live in LA. So for those of you who are on the West Coast, you know, LA driving down to San Diego, because of course this was pre-COVID in-person class. It was uh, tough, but uh, I was really really excited once I got to the, that systems architecture program, it really kind of opened my eyes to being more than just I design a box, I take care of a box, my, my box is all that I care about within, you know, the, the platforms that I was working on and really opened my eyes to being a top big picture thinker, you know, where anything is possible, looking at capabilities instead of particular functions of one thing. And so I graduated from that master's program and I, I wanted a career change. I was, you know, very bored building harnesses. <laughs> there was an opening for a systems architect, a junior systems architect on a program called the Advanced Battle Management System, which of course I had no idea what that was, but you know, they were looking for somebody to do some modeling. And uh, I took a couple of modeling classes in my graduate program. Being young, I figured like, oh, this is exactly what I just studied right now. I, I can do this job. So I sent in my resume. And of course, that day I was working in the lab where we build harnesses. So I was wearing like a t-shirt and like leggings. And somebody calls me in and they're like, okay, we need to have this interview with you <laughs> in a vice president's office. <laughs> of, of course. <laughs> so uh, that's where I met my current lead who is just wonderful. And uh, he just asked me questions like, you know, why do you want to be a systems architect? I told him, I, I like big picture thinking. I like co solving complex problems. And after that interview, that's how I, I became a, a modeling and simulation system analysis systems architect, right? It was re really just uh, opportunity. No, I love it. I love because, like, you know, sometimes you don't know how much you can stretch until you're being super stretched, like you were with your grad school program and <laughs> life and all those things. And then, you know, and, and we love to talk about how ready you have to be for an interview, but really it is right timing, but also like clearly they saw something there that superseded t shirt and leggings, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. I love it. Everybody has different career paths into things. Would you say there's any areas of study? for people to focus on in school or any certificates or conferences that are helpful to kind of keep building that resume. Cause it is all about a resume. It's, it's like, and I say that as like, it's, it's like a path that you keep trying to chip away at. Sometimes you don't know what you ultimately want to do. Sometimes you think you want to do something like you did and you got to take a detour and that's better, right? What would you say has been helpful to build your own personal resume? So for me, I think what's been really helpful for, particularly for this job, systems engineering job, is that I've had so much experience touching so many other platforms and, pro and programs here at Northrop, right? For me, I'm working all domain. So it really helps that I have that SATCOM experience. I worked on a satellite communications program. So when I'm helping design these battles of tomorrow, knowing what capabilities or my warfighter has right now, because I, you know, helped develop that system, super helpful. It also helps that, you know, I also worked on air programs. So when I, again, when I'm trying to design these battles, I think about everything that I've done. I've, I think about all those capabilities I helped to develop as an electrical designer. 
But really, if we're talking about the resume, it's the experience. But then also, like, if you're a brand new junior person, and as a functional manager, I actually am a hiring manager. When I'm looking at at a resume, I'm looking at the skills section, right? And if you're going into modeling and simulation, you're going to be building software. So if you have a computer science background, if you have an aerospace background, and I know that you know how these platforms work, and you also know how to do basic code, we can train you to do the simulation coding, right? But it definitely helps to have that software background. I don't have a particularly strong software background, but I'm really great at telling stories. Right. So for me, if you're going to become a systems architect, it's kind of like having the skills of being able to tell a story. And you can really be any type of engineer to do this. I had a really, really great systems architect who I helped train. She was also just coming out of school, but she had a chemical engineering background, right? So completely different from aerospace, but she was really great at telling stories as well. So if we're, if we're talking about things that have helped me, it's my ability to tell a story. It's my experience on air and space programs, but then also I've taken certificate courses in agile program engineering and program management. So that's really helped me understand how we develop a, a program, how we develop studies, how we manage people and time and cost and everything that you know our stakeholders care about. And then I've also taken certification classes in model-based systems engineering. As a systems architect, I spent a lot of time myself um, creating models in a tool that we call Cameo, but there's a lot of different model-based systems engineering tools that are really great. And if I see your resume and I see that you have experience in model-based systems engineering, then I'm more likely to pick your resume over somebody else. So I'll say that for modeling and simulation, for systems architecture, having a software background, having curiosity, being able to talk to people, having that model-based systems background, that's really going to help stand out your resume from somebody else. That's really great. I think it's always interesting to me, you know, as somebody who's later in their career, like just to look backwards and then you start to see how the pieces in your resume actually start to make sense. I think when you're in your Mm -hmm. early career, it can feel like everything's scattered and all over the place and you don't see how it's coming together. After a time, you get to see like, oh, I'm so glad I had that experience. I didn't know that I was actually going to have to draw on that now. And you bring up a really great point too with the coding side of things and just understand that there was just a lot of conversations just knowing that hearing that like at a base, just have base level coding, even you can start from there and build from there to not skip that. So yeah, absolutely. We train people, right? That's that's my job to, to train yeah. people, to help people grow. And that's all sorts of people, right? Yeah. Um, and be curious too, which is so, so good to remind, remind us to not lose that curiosity because we need that, especially in national security. Yeah, we also need... A diverse team, right? So if you have different experiences than somebody else, then you're only going to improve and help your team grow. And you're going to think about different solutions than than I would, because my experiences are different than yours. So everybody's voice Mm -hmm. matters. It's good. Lastly, what would you say might be some key innovations or things that we should be excited about if we look forward to the national security space? Sure. So, I mean, I think there's a lot to be excited about, right? Like as we're studying these joint all-domain projects, and solutions that we're trying to come up with. We're looking at improved sensors. We're looking at improved platforms, improved capability, distributed battle management, but that's just the technical side. What I'm also really excited about is the diversity piece, right? Our workforce is going to look differently um, maybe in 10 years. 
are getting hopefully more women in engineering, different diversity of people. We're getting more Latino people graduating college, more people of, of color just coming in into our workforce and bringing in their experiences. So I'm really excited about the diversity piece, the, the team building piece, the differences of ideas. Also, uh, what I've also seen and definitely something that I as a leader really try to do is encourage everybody's voices to, to speak up, right? Right. So when I started my career, I was very shy. I had a lot of imposter syndrome. So I would be the, the person in the room kind of sitting and just taking notes and, you know, admiring all of these PhDs and like high level senior engineers who just knew everything. They just knew all the answers. And I, you know, I was just hurriedly trying to write down everything that they were saying just so that I, I could one day be just like them. Now that I'm in the senior technical lead role, I think we're opening up a lot of new doors. I think the diversity, women in engineering, people of color, people encouraged to speak up and to challenge the, the way that we've always done things. This is what really, truly excites me. I mean, the technology is very, very cool and very important, but it's people's ability to innovate. That is the most exciting piece for me. That's really great. And I think it's so cool to put together getting in the technology into hands of especially girls when they're younger, but also what you've touched on is the willingness within organizations now that you're seeing to change the dynamic to invest in their employees, regardless of gender, not just zeroing in on, on women, but like also just making that investment, letting like you've had the options to jump around and try different things. I think that's really helpful and inspiring. So it is exciting to see how that's going to change the landscape of national security. Good thoughts. Thank you so much for joining us today at ClearCast. For more security clearance news and defense information, please visit us at news.clearancejobs.com. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.